point, I said, okay, you know what? We have all of these sites. We have all these farmers incubating in our program. Mm -hmm. How can we make sure that some of this 30,000 pounds of produce is getting to low-income residents? Who, right. And so that's where the idea for the mobile market came up. And then when the funding through CDFA passed, it's been go, 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 go since then. It's time for conversations about our food and how it's grown on Farm to Table Talk with your host, Roger Wasson. Now there's a farmer's market that comes to you. And I, my guest today is Sarah Bernal. And Sarah, you have a mobile farmer's market, and we're out here standing in front of, the, of this mobile market. Well, describe it. Tell it what it. Tell sure. what it is. I mean, we are in podcast, so it's radio yeah. more than TV. But I, I wish people could see it. So, <laughs> what what are we looking at here? Okay, great. Yeah, we are looking at Envision. You know, a three bedroom apartment U-Haul truck size chassis, mm-hmm. uh, and essentially one of the entire front sidewalls flips all the way open to provide shade for our customers. And then right there, we have absolutely amazing display cases full of fresh produce and then inside the truck behind us uh is about five separate refrigerators that hold cases of all the fresh produce so we can replenish our stock by opening up the refrigerators inside the truck and then putting them out for display on the outside of the truck so it's a self-contained grocery store essentially with refrigeration well the other thing a couple things come to mind one is that when we talk about food deserts there's you can go to a food desert. You can go to a place that some supermarket chain said, I can't make enough money to put yeah, one there. It. But you can pull up and be there. Yep. Yep. It makes it so incredibly easy. We harvest at our farms on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, and we bring our harvest straight to market on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So it's a pretty seamless way to go straight from the farm. No middleman. We're the same farmers growing the stuff. And here we are driving it to exactly where people live, making it as easy as possible. So I see somebody walking up to them right now, and they're buying some vegetables. And I mean, describe what all you got there. Yeah, uh, because it w- because it just came from your farm. So exactly, what, what is it? Yeah, we got? we got a seasonal market here. So it's uh, we're here in July right now. We got we had our first harvest of cantaloupes yesterday, so we got those. We have beets, carrots, summer squash, shishito peppers, bell peppers, spicy chilies, onions, potatoes, cilantro, oregano, thyme. We'll have cucumbers and tomatoes probably next week when we get a little bit more heat out here. And uh, I'm sure I missed some things, but you name it, oh, chard and okra and green beans. Oh, that's wonderful stuff. Yeah. And all this kind of stuff that, uh, actually, I just said spaghetti. And I noticed <laughs> that you have spaghetti. Yes. Now, that, it didn't come from your farm. We did not grow the spaghetti ourselves. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we have an amazing partnership with Yolo Food Bank. And what we do is, you know, since we're driving it to these affordable housing complexes, we want to make sure that people can make a complete meal from everything on the truck. And so we go to the food bank and we purchase at 19 cents a pound whatever they have. And so we seek out things that we can make a recipe card with. And so, for example, today we have California Calrose rice. We have two different types of pasta, canned corn, canned kidney beans, uh, chickpeas, and... Uh, we had organic olive oil bottles, but those flew off the shelves. And so customers can come buy all their produce. If they're using their EBT, they get 50% off. Uh, and then they can take any shelf-stable item, like the things I just listed, for free. 
Now, we have a lot of, like, processing tomatoes around here. Could you ever get, like, canned tomato sauces? And I mean, absolutely. Those things are definitely at the food bank. Yeah. And so we can pretty much shop with whatever they have in stock, which is quite a list. So, so somebody comes here then, and, and basically, I know enough about cooking. You just chop up all these vegetables, and you cook the spaghetti, and you put some tomato sauce in, and you got a really good and wholesome meal. It just can't hardly get any better than that. <laughs> That's exactly the whole point. You know, we're even hoping that in the future we can actually collect some recipes from the community and print those out and share mm -hmm. them, you know, because everybody's got their own favorite things to do with summer squash or tomatoes. So we just want to share the good stuff. You know, I had a similar experience of seeing something like this. I went to Harlem in New York, and there's a farm, and it's Corbett Hill Farms, I think, and they, are, they had spots that they go to. They didn't have a truck. But they would haul the produce in, and they yep. would have different areas. And then I talked to them about how they were trying to get better use of, of the produce in the areas that need. And one thing that they did is every place they cooked something. They ended yes. up having like a crock pot. And so in the winter times there'd be some soups or stews, yep. and they'd just say, because people come in and say, well, what am I going to do with these what vegetables? What does this taste like? Yeah, right. Just yeah. Like, chop it up and put a bunch of stuff in it. And Hands it's down. great. Yep, so we actually had all of these plans. Uh, West Sacramento, where we're here, the community that we're serving, has a high school program that's just all culinary. Yeah. And so we had actually already put everything in line. The teacher was going to bring students out to do a cooking demo live with the truck so people could taste something yeah. that the high school students had made. But COVID regulations right now, you're still not allowed to give out samples mm. or to put Too out bad. any. Yeah, so we have put that aspect of the program on hold until... We have more clarity out of this pandemic situation. Yeah. 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 No, trucks don't come cheap. So, I mean, how? story. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, so this, do you get this really nice big truck and the sides go up that's your local farmer's market? How'd you get yeah. enough money to get this truck? That was a whole process. So, actually, the California Department of Food and Ag, so mm -hmm. CDFA, mm -hmm. they have something called a refrigeration grant. And no so, kidding, a yes. refrigeration grant? Yeah, and so the way that the California Department of Food and Ag had envisioned this grant going mm -hmm. was that it would supply money to corner stores yeah. so that corner stores could put refrigeration units in order for them to stock fresh food right. in their corner store. So I reached out to the grants manager, and I said, hey, we're not, we're not a corner store, but we're an urban farm program. Could we just have a, a market on wheels right. that's refrigerated? Right. Right. And they were like, huh, we hadn't considered that. But absolutely. So $87,000 later, we got wow. a full grant from CDFA to pay this company, which is actually called the Farmer's Truck, who builds this model of truck up in, in Canada, to uh, to go ahead and, and build us a custom truck. And, uh, and CDFA covered the bill so that we could bring this produce to the community. So people could call this outfit in Canada, find out, and they could actually get a truck like this. They could either purchase a truck outright from the company if they have that kind of money, yeah. or they can apply through a grant to the California Department of Food and Ag when they're open for those grant applications for a refrigeration grant. And, you know, if you got a good grant writer, you can make it happen. <laughs> well, and you got to be in California to get to that one. That's so a there's fact. Probably, That's probably every state probably has something. I would right? hope so. Yeah, because I, I, we have listeners all over, and really all over North America and Australia and England and, and other places, too. But I think it's really interesting. I see people uh, advertising on TV with uh, actually buying $80,000 thing that you can go an RV, you know, and yep. you take your vacation in. but. 
that's somehow this seems like a little more noble use uh, <laughs> uh, rather than you know, for another trip to the it's, Grand Canyon or something that you can actually be able to you know help help feed people. I, I'm seeing very much that uh, this is only our second week yeah. um, rolling this program out, but we've gotten such positive feedback from residents. Some residents who haven't left their apartments in 15 months, one of the buildings oh, we're going to right. later. And, you know, some folks haven't had access to fresh produce since the pandemic. Let's say sure. you're undergoing cancer treatment and you can't get the vaccine. Sure. You know, whatever that might be. So it's just such a fun way and such like a, a feel good. You know, you're actually helping someone's day-to-day life. And we can just walk it over to their apartment once we park at that complex. So, so it's, we're ta- it's an opportunity. So we're talking about the mobile farmer's market. Now, I mean, how are you picking the spaces? I mean, where are you going to yeah. go park and, and be available to people? How do you pick yeah. them out? This is our pilot year, so we're just learning as we go right now. Right. Um, we decided this year to really focus on bringing produce to uh, affordable housing complexes. Mm. A lot of folks don't necessarily have access to a car. Right. So we, we focused on affordable housing complexes in neighborhoods where access to fresh produce is very limited. Okay. And so we mapped these things out. We reached out to the different buildings to build these partnerships, see if they're interested in supporting us. Right. And we found three places to pilot this out, and we're probably going to look up for a fourth one. Uh, and so far, so good. Oh, that's great. So now, did they get any help in anything that they're purchasing? Are there any kind of coupons or, yes. or, or uh, what, different kind of programs that they, they're able to participate in? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so in the last two weeks of sales, we've pretty much seen that about 75% of our customers are using SNAP or EBT, a.k.a. food stamps, all the same thing. It looks like a little credit card, Yeah, it's like a little credit card. You apply, you know, you get, Mm -hmm. uh, it's like food assistance. Mm -hmm. Um, So everyone who pays with their SNAP or EBT gets 50% off up to $40. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if they buy $40 worth of produce, they only get charged $20 for that. And then, of course, they can continue down the line and get all the free shelf pantry items that we have as well on top of that. Wait a minute. All the free ones? Yeah, all the the pasta, the rice, the canned corn, the beans. Oh, those are giveaways? Those are all free. Oh, yep. So wow. all the shelf-stable stuff is free, and then all of the produce is 50% off for anybody using their food stamps. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, it's a, it's a good deal. And and I think that, that I don't know why there wouldn't be more of these. I mean, they got to get grant money to get yeah. the trucks and so forth, <laughs> But I think aside from that, I would think that there would be there'd be a lot of these around the country. You know? Yeah. Maybe so, there will be. <laughs> oh, I hope so. Well, let, now, now, now tell me your story. How did you come to be doing this? What, sure. You didn't, like, think when you were growing up, someday I'm going to be running a mobile, a mobile food market. <laughs> oh, it was my dream since then. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. So, yeah, I've been in agriculture for the last, I think, almost 11 years. I used to have my own farm out in the Delta here in California. And uh, lost my lease to people coming in to move in uh, grape growing. You can't really compete with wine growers right, when you're just right. doing vegetables. Sure. So I lost my land there and ended up um, working with the Center for Land-Based Learning, a nonprofit here in Northern California, to, to start the West Sacramento Urban Farm Program. And so the Urban Farm Program started in 2014. We've been building it out for the last seven years. I've built five sites that cover seven mm-hmm. acres of land in West mm-hmm. Sac. And so we're growing about 30,000 pounds of food a month. And, uh, and then at one point I said, okay, you know what? We have all of these sites. We have all these farmers incubating in our program. Mm-hmm. How can we make sure that some of this 30,000 pounds of produce is getting to low income residents who right. might have a harder time actually accessing it? And so that's where the idea for the mobile market came up. And then when the funding through CDFA passed, 
it's been go, 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 go since then. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> so, now, even back up a little bit more. So, at what stage did you decide you even wanted to go do a farm when you were doing oh, a farm yourself? I mean, you know? Were you, were you a kid that wanted a farm? Or? I didn't have a houseplant, I think, until I was 28. <laughs> so, I'm 39 now. Um, so, I'd have to say that, no, I was in social work for seven years. Managing a housing subsidy program at a homeless shelter. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I've always loved helping people. I always need to have a work that is meaningful and contributing to society. Um, and so after sitting at a desk for seven years, pushing papers, but being very happy with the social aspect, helping people, I started volunteering on a couple of farms and I was out there every single weekend. And I realized, man, you know, if five years from now, all I'm doing is sitting at this desk pushing papers, then this is not the life for me. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I actually quit my job, sold everything that I owned, left San Francisco, and moved on to a farm and worked for other farmers for about three years until I had enough skills built up to start my own farm and then this urban farm program. So life is a journey. I know. And I've, I've heard some other stories. These are remarkable. And I've heard some other people that have done some similar things. And, and and one thing I think that especially you end up what you're doing, there's some people are just a little bit more cause oriented that they want to make a difference in that way. Yeah. And then the other thing is just kind of like getting the bug to actually kind of like get outside. Yeah. And they go through that. In your experience, when before you you kind of made this last transition, but when you were doing the farm, I don't know how to say this, but I mean, can you make a living on a farm? Can you? Well, it, because that, that's a tough it part. Tough. It was tough. I didn't have health insurance. I was living in a place where my rent was only $300 a month, which I don't think I could find anymore. No. Uh, it, it, it was tough. I operated my own farm for about four years. Mm-hmm. Um, I never had to take out a loan, and mm-hmm. I never went into debt. But I was probably only making like $12,000 a year yeah. after paying for you know. So it was yeah. tough. Yeah. It was tough. And those are 16 hour days, six days a week. Yeah. So, um, farming is a tough, tough work with very narrow profit margins. If I had to do it all over again now and I was in it for the profit, I would stick to, you know, baby greens, little, these crops that are done in 28 days. Yes. That you yeah. can flip real quick that yeah. actually restaurants will buy for $12 a pound. Yeah. Like these shishito right. peppers, these, these, these mescaline mixes, this baby right. arugula. You know, but that that doesn't really address food security. It, yeah. it just makes farming financially financially viable for the people doing. Yep, it. but growing things like potatoes and onions, forget it. You're never going to make no. a no, ton of money at a small scale doing that work. It's a commodity. Yeah, and and so I mean, there are a lot of people around here, and you know others too, and they are trying to figure out ways that they can get into it because you can't go start a large scale farm anymore. It just takes it's hard. A, yeah, a million dollars. True story. And, and so. Uh, you know, for most people, the only way they can do it is be like small, organic, yep. or like you were saying, specialty crops. And that's happening all over yeah. the country yep. you know, that people are, are doing that. Yep. Well, but I mean, good for you, though, that to have go this full cycle back to the mobile farmer's market again. <laughs> so let me just wrap, wrap sure. up this way. Um, so if, where do people see this thing? Uh, you know, the, yeah. the podcast, but yeah. if they want to look at it yeah. and find out more information, sure. where, where do they, how do they find out? Well, you know, good old social media is just always a thing. So yeah. you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at West Sacramento Urban Farm. Uh, if you look that up, you'll find pictures of our mobile market. You'll see our stops. We'll list what's for sale and where we are. Um, you know, also visit our website at landbasedlearning.com. 
org. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the website for the organization Center for Land Based Learning, yeah. which umbrellas all of these projects and supports all these beginning farmers. So you'll have plenty of information. You can always reach out to me, and all my info's on there. So yeah, Sarah. Yeah, you look for Sarah Bernal and uh, Sarah at landbasedlearning.com. I mean, well, sorry, dot org. Uh, Sarah, really, I'm, <laughs> I'm really proud of you guys and and you and what you're doing. And it's Thank a wonderful you. thing. I hope it continues to be successful. Yes. And I hope you end up having a lot of people copying this it's all been over. Great. Yeah, we're really looking forward to growing it out. Yeah. So. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. You've been listening to Farm to Table Talk with your host, Roger Wasson. If you like what you hear, go to farmtotabletalk.com and follow us or go to iTunes to subscribe and give us a review and a rating. Thanks for listening to Farm to Table Talk with your host, Roger Wasson.